Okay, without further ado, let's get into this. So Carol Kirshner, she created the CBS Diversity Institute Writers Mentoring Program, which she's run for 17 years. So yeah, I think she's an expert. Uh, she's also the director of the WGA Showrunner Training Program for 17 years. And she has... Um, uh, she's also an entertainment career coach, which is great because I can call her up and, you know, get an hour coaching before I go in to do things and screw them up. Uh, without further ado, let us bring up Carol. Hey. Hello. Hello. Um, you sort of froze. So I'm just going to say again, I okay. created and run the CBS Diversity Writers Mentoring Program. We're now in year 17. And because of that, I was asked to help writer-producer Jeff Melvoin developed the curriculum for the WGA showrunner training program, which I also run. We're now in year 16, and I'm an entertainment career coach. I love it. Done with I, my bio. I am really worried about, I, so I'm not in my normal uh, space. So indie filmmakers, as you know, we revamp and then we have to deal with issues. So if I freeze, Carol, by all means, do what you do best and keep the show running. Because uh, <laughs> I am in a different space than I normally am for these. I would love, uh, before we bring up our first interviewee, just to ask you, um, as somebody who's been part of these programs for a long time, what do you feel is one of the biggest benefits? Besides, you know, obviously networking and getting a foot in the door, what are the biggest benefits that you see people get from the programs? Um, there's really two. There's the most obvious one, which is most programs um, uh, help you get well, certainly you shadow through them that you get in the door and they may well subsidize your first episode. And, and the other thing is, depending on the size of the program, it's the other people you're gonna meet in the program. Um, and when they open the door, you are seen as somebody who has been vetted extensively. So it's not like you're just walking in the door cold. So I think that is, the benefit and, and you know at cbs we're in your corner for a long time it isn't just you go through the program and then you never hear from us i mean Jeannie mao who is my colleague at cbs and amazing and a fierce supporter of uh directors and writers um will help you along the way i love it i love it um okay so hey juliet from miami is here she's one of our initiatives she's in the all access initiative good to see you here again everybody who's being quiet i want to encourage you to let us know where you're from what do you do in the biz say hello so we can see you're watching but we want to know who you are uh but here we go i want to bring up our first interview uh so this is Wait one second. I'm so sorry. We didn't talk about this ahead of time, but I just want to say three things that you can expect in this interview. One is we're going to go through and you're here to practice. So I'm going to stop you at times and give you feedback on what you've just said. The kinds of questions that I'll be asking and the one everybody asks in any interview situation is, so tell me about yourself. Um, the question oh, that kills us all. I know. Uh, it, it's what I work with my clients on all the time. It's about a minute, a minute and a half, and it, it hits your, the highlights of your successes and what makes you memorable. And it's sort of a narrative drive of where you started, where I, I know I'm throwing this at you last minute. But anyway. No, I love this is important. This is great. So it's a narrative drive is where you started what you had to overcome to get to where you are and where you wanna go. And all of that, like in a minute, a minute and a half. 
We're also going to ask you what you want to get out of the program. We're going to ask you what shows you love and don't kiss ass and just say, oh, CBS program, you know, the CBS shows really have a variety and they're going to ask you why, or I will ask you, you know, why, why do you like it? Why are you a good fit? What do you have on your reel that shows that you're a good fit? So those are the kinds of things you can kind of expect. And it's going to be a casual conversation, even though I know you're probably nervous, it's a casual conversation. And the last thing going in, just know, that the person on the other side of the desk wants you to be the one that gets in. That, that makes their life easier. So when you come to the table, it, it's not like they're going, okay, convince us. It's like, yeah. please be the one that's going to be the home run. Love it. Uh, Lisa Bunbury just showed up, says Carol Lisa, is the best. Hey, <laughs> hey Lisa. I love it. Um, I do want to get us on because I know we have a lot yeah. of good stuff that's going to come out of these interviews. So uh, our first person up is a writer-director. She's in our all-access initiative. That's our uh, Disabled Filmmakers on the Move initiative. And she is uh, spitfire. I remember we did a lot of interviews, and I wrote giantly on my notes. I wrote, I love her. <laughs> so I think you will, too. Uh, right? So Kashmir, Jasmine, here we go. Hello, Kashmir. Um, Hi there, Carol. How are you Hi. today? Good, welcome, come on in. We are really glad you're here. Love your work, uh, love your background. Um, so tell, tell me about yourself. Um, well, I was born and raised in South Florida. I am a filmmaker and writer. I am currently disabled. I lost my kidney function in 2009, but received a kidney transplant in 2017. Um, I still deal with um, issues because it is an autoimmune disease, but I worked in finance primarily with that and dealt with some of those issues of having an invisible disability. Um, and it's kind of pushed me towards uh, my artistic expression. Since taking a break from finance in 2020, I was able to produce, direct, and write my first short film. And since then, I've been accepted into the Black Magic All Access program, the respectability um, for disabled entertainment professionals, and that was in 2021 as well. And uh, most recently in the um, Accessible Futures Sundance program. Great. Let me uh, <clears throat> let me just give you some feedback. Okay. I think it's great that you talk about your disability, especially since it's an invisible disability. But I, as a decision maker, and I thought you were going to go there when you talked about finance, and I think you did, mm -hmm. um, need to know that you can do this job. That you, you can be on set, you can be the leader, you can be a team player, you can drive everything. Mm -hmm. So in a subtle way, but maybe not quite so subtle. I think you need to reassure the person that you're talking to that while you have this, you have function in this high level and that high level. And it, you know, you can't lie. You can't say it's not never going to be a problem if it's not never going to be a problem. But you can certainly say, you know, I've had it for X number of years and it is it is manageable and under control. And I made this short, I did this, I did that. What does that sound like to you? Does that resonate? It absolutely does. And it's a phrase that I've been using a lot lately is that um, 
that I am still the most capable candidate, even though I might need um, assistance or accessibility options made for me. But that doesn't take away my ability or my um, acumen for the work that I do. Okay, and be a little more specific, you know, leading a team, you know, working with actor, be, be that. And if, if you require um, uh, accommodation, can you just talk about what that might be so that they'll have an idea of what we can expect? In reality, uh, on a short-term basis, I don't necessarily need accommodation, whether it be a day on the set, et cetera. I, having been a director who does employ people with disabilities, as opposed to doing a 12-hour day, I might try to set up an eight-hour day, but I've worked in this industry doing 12 to 14-hour days without a problem. Um, I worked in finance for small production companies. So we switched off from being in office to being on set. And I made that transition from doing production budgets, writing to uh, first aid, et cetera, on set. Fantastic. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear a brief version of that. Okay. I want to know that if I put you up for a show, you'll, you'll deliver. Okay. You know what gotcha. I mean? And clearly you will, clearly you will. So, um, Okay, so let me ask you, uh, what shows are you watching? What do you love? Um, I have been obsessed with, uh, I just finished the um, Mayor of Easttown, which was fantastic. Is that depressing or what? <laughs> it is a beautiful character portrait. I really enjoyed um, that. And I also thought it was beautifully shot. Uh, I think it encapsulates it a part of, I guess, Midwestern or I just personally don't see that very up close or on television or accurately portrayed um, very often. Can I tell you, my husband's from Philly, and ah. he said, I want to watch a show. Normally, he wouldn't watch a show like that. And after the first episode, he was so depressed that I had to <laughs> no bring one. him back. Because he said, that's my life. How did they know the people in my life? So it really is oh, a wow. Right, right, so, right, right. In what way do you think it's shot beautifully? Oh, well, number one, I'm always about kind of color. I, come my, I went to photography school. So there is something about the depth of being able to use a blue hue that I, I also went to school in New England that captures this perpetual overcast that comes in feeling, whether or not you're interior or exterior, that I really thought was lovely with that. I, I also think very strongly they leaned on because there's not, nothing flashy. It's not euphoria. It's no crazy camera movement, you know, but it was really lovely to watch how they choose to compose it and how they made their characters juxtaposed to one another. Um, the camera movement, although not very often used, was really done to focus on the power dynamic and shift that happened in that show a lot or maybe very little because Mayor was often incredibly <laughs> dominant. But <laughs> I like to see those moments when we did shift away from her and it, I thought it was well done. Good, good. What, uh, and you, you talked about your short. Tell me about the tone of your short and the look of your short and um, tell me about it. So I kind of, I tried to be very strategic with my short film. I wanted to show a range of what I could do or what I felt I could do. So it shifts in tone. It's a series of four vignettes. And the first is somewhat comedic. It's uh, called Oreo and it is kind of about uh, identity, not just 
race, but there's also colorism and class and religion. And I try to show it through um, a few anecdotes of women of color, uh, bearing in age and in different stages in their life. And the first yeah. is comedic and it's about black card and it's called black card. And it's about a woman who um, is getting in trouble with her American her black American express card is about to be revoked from <laughs> black activity. And so we go through a jeopardy like um, series of questions to prove her cultural identity. And, um, and then it goes all the way from that to a more, I believe, cerebral and somewhat surreal toned um, a piece called The Other. And it's basically a woman in a room talking to her therapist in the presence of the personification of a lot of the rejection she's felt. And that personification is called the being. And that being is a black painted body with gold accents who, though not seen by the therapist, interacts with the two of them. And um, it's this dialogue that includes her, but only partially, that uh, I think will show that her need or her feeling of being on the outside is not just a result of what she's been through, but also a source of protection to keep herself from continuing to feel that rejection. So okay, I wanted to show- Oh, go ahead. Stop you for a minute. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating. I love your short, <laughs> but you have to be shorter about how you talk about it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I may be interested, you're writer, director, right? You yeah. wrote it. And so see, you have to sell your, what you're talking about sells you as a writer, but mm -hmm. you have to sell yourself as a director as well. So it mm -hmm. isn't just the themes, it's um, it's the moves that you made, it's the way you frame shots, it's the equipment that you use, it's mm -hmm. how you got those kinds of performances out of those actors. So mm -hmm. think about that. That went on okay. perhaps a little too long. And again, the emphasis, if you're there just as a writer, or mm -hmm. they're there really interested in you as a writer, mm -hmm. then going into that kind of detail, still maybe a little too much, but is okay. is appropriate for sure. Mm -hmm. gotcha. And so you're talking about the manifestations of like in the therapy office, you in can the talk about office. how you shot that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like blue tones and a lot of uh, close-up shots where, and then also kind of the, increase that surreal feeling, wider shots where you'd see both actors in reality and in the center, the being kind of interacting and interjecting in their conversation. Okay, good. And was the being a live actor? It was. Okay. Um, so something that, <clears throat> something that you may want to get across is if you have an anecdote from that event, from, from that uh, short that shows your leadership ability and that you're a team player also. Um, uh, you don't have to come up with it right now. That's something okay. for you to think about, a short anecdote. Um, and then finally, let me say this, because uh, um, we only have a minute left. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, what shows do you think you'd be right for that you know we have on our roster and, and tell me why oh wow um hmm. you may not have been prepared for that answer so that's right. fine because you didn't yeah. know that i was going to be cbs you just didn't know it but yeah as all of you prepare for this it's what shows you know cbs is showtime it's nick it's all what shows would you be a good fit for and why what do you have in your arsenal, in your portfolio, in your reel that shows that it's a good fit? 
Interesting, right? I mean, right. Showtime, I, mean, I think American Gods, I think of that perpetual interaction between reality and the supernatural and using different camera techniques and um, costuming to convey that and to watch them interact with one another. I think that's not only something that's of interest in me and something that I've leaned toward creating, I'd love to do something close to that in real, in real life. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, so our time is up and uh, that's the right kind of answer for sure. And not just, I'd love to do that. It's about what I'd love to bring to that, that you bring, gotcha. to, you know, I, I'd love to work on that show because I think I can X, Y, Z. Gotcha. Beautifully. Okay. 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 Well done. I <laughs> Thank know you so why much. she said I love her. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> sure. Sure. Hey, okay. I'm so, I'm busy writing notes. I'm like scribbling like crazy uh, everything that we're learning here. Um, I really, I love that you basically reminded her, or I guess my question is more like, because you know sometimes you're in an interview and it gets a little, it feels like it's getting off track because you're talking about something that you're both enjoying. And as the person being interviewed, you're like, oh God, should I get this back on track? Or should you just go with that flow of, where the conversation has gone. You mean like when I talked about my husband and Philly and that? Yeah, which is okay. great because both of you light up. And, and of course, if the interviewer is enjoying themselves, it's a more enjoyable memory. Yes, but you have a job. I mean, your job is to prepare what you want to get out of it, what, what information you want to make sure they hear. And the other is you want to make a personal connection. So the making a personal connection was well done. And you do that through that sort of casual, this is a, this is a very truncated experience because normally you'll have 30 or 40, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Um, and so in the beginning you have that. And if it comes up, go there, but only go there for a while. And if you're going, oh my God, oh my God, then what you do to gently bring it back is you say, oh, you know what? You say, wow, that is so interesting. That remen reminds me of, so Love you're it. driving it, you're bringing it back. You're not being rude, but you, you sort of light up and say, wow, that reminds me of the time that I uh, was uh, doing my student film and my head blew up. So, you know. I love it. Um, everybody who's asking questions, they're great questions. Please stick around to the end. I want to get our next interviewee up. Um, and then we're going to definitely get to every single question that you guys are asking. So keep them coming throughout. Uh, I would love to now bring up, and I'm going to butcher your name, Olia. I'm positive of it, so don't hate me. But um, our future directors of studio features, uh, this is Olia Operina. Am I close? We're bringing her up now. H how bad was that? No, it was great. <laughs> With as, and I love the the background. She's got the dramatic feature film director artistic yes, background. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, uh, I'll leave. I'll leave you guys to it. Great, Cheryl. Hello, you. Nice to meet you, and and welcome. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. Um, before we start, as an aside, I want to give you feedback on what you're wearing and your background. You have to choose one because. They clash. The mm -hmm. the top here. Do you see what I'm wearing? Right. It's right. Simple. It it's got a nice color, so it kind of pops. You have a very busy shirt, and your background is terrific, but it's also busy. So mm -hmm. choose one. <laughs> got it. No, it makes sense. 
Okay, don't want to throw you off your game, which of course I just did, so I apologize. Um, so welcome, and um, so tell me about yourself. So I'm, um, hi, I'm Olia Operina. I'm a writer-director from Siberia, but I am based in Los Angeles. Uh, the Soviet propaganda inspired me to make stories that tap, tap into a human psyche. And the Siberian fairy tales that my psychic grandmother told me inspired me to explore primal emotion and fears. As a multilinguist with a diverse background, I speak Russian and Mandarin Chinese. Wow. I focus on <laughs> yes, I focus on folklore thrillers and psychological dramas. On what kind of thrillers? Uh, folklore, uh, ethnic. Okay. Also, and I'm just going to stop you again. And forgive me for stopping you. This is practice, so it's just something for you to think about. You've clearly written this out ahead of time, and it sounds a little rote. It sounds like you memorized it and you're saying it that way instead of a conversation. Maybe you didn't. Maybe that's just how you talk. Did you write this out ahead of time? Yeah, I did. So what I want times <laughs> say it again. I've I've said it so many times because like every time I meet with someone that's we in the black magic. That's what we do. We do self pitches in the beginning. Yeah, and that's I guess takes a little bit emotion out of it when you repeat. Yeah, it. yeah. Let me give you um, a tip. First of all, um, it's great that you know everything you want to say. Take it and and put your com put it into a into bullet points so that you're not saying it exactly the same way each time. But you mm -hmm. know what you want to cover, <clears throat> and um, a way to look like it's conversational, even if it's not really conversational, is you take a beat when you're talking as if you're thinking about it, even though we know that you know exactly what you're gonna say. So you're not going, nur, 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 nur. not that you were going, nur, 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 nur. but um, you just pause occasionally and um, that will help it sound more, uh, more conversational. That's good. That's okay, good. let's keep going. Okay, where was it? Um, do you want to start from the beginning and see if you can do it conversationally, or do you want to go from pick up from where you were? I can I can start from the beginning and see. Okay, we'll just practice it. Mm -hmm. So welcome. Tell me about yourself. Hi, Carol. Um, my name is Olia. I'm a director from Siberia. Uh, grew up during the aftermath of USSR, which was really hard. And um, it kind of inspired me to explore stories that tap into a human psyche. And half of my childhood I spent with my psychic grandmother who taught me about Siberian fairy tales. And that inspired me to explore primal emotions and fears. And I, I got my bachelor in Russia. I, I'm, so I was supposed to be an interpreter of English and Chinese, but I didn't choose that, that route. And instead, I became a director, and, but I focus on stories that entice the audience to see the world's diversity. Uh, my last feature film, Snowbound, was played at the 17th Cannes Marche du Film and distributed worldwide. And my most recent short film, I Am Normal, has been at Academy Qualifying Festivals 
Wow. And just received an award, um, Milo Hudson Award, which was really special. It's the Suicide Prevention Award. Great. Um, something you can add to this story is how you became a director. There you were about to be an interpreter. <clears throat> what in your life made you decide to be a director? Well, I actually always wanted, but there were no arts where I was from in my hometown. My hometown looks looks a lot like Chernobyl. <laughs> so there were like all these factories. Nobody got out and nobody got in. And the only way to get out of that city was to learn languages. And that's what I did. Okay. With a dream of one day coming to the US and start a film career. Okay, um, but I don't, you said you always wanted to be a director. Is there a moment in time that you could talk about where you realized you wanted to be a director? Well, I guess, I guess it's, my, my grandmother was a big inspiration because she brought me into that mythology and folklore world and she told me all these stories that I visualized and then I started drawing them. And Great. And I, I started telling them to people and that's what inspired me. So I went to an art school there, like I'm a visual artist. And then I was like, how can I make these stories more vivid? How can I make them move and inspire people? And I thought of movies and I really wanted to make dark fairy tales. Great. By the way, you really took that note and about being conversational, you totally turned it into conversational. So bravo. Mm -hmm. um, that little personal thing, I would include that because it makes me um, get a sense of who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. Because before you were just somebody reading something or sounded like somebody was reading something, you're letting me know who you are, which is great. And you end on your most recent film and the award that you won. And by the way, congratulations. Thank you. But I think you end on what you're so excited about that's coming next, whether it's a project or not. You know, I'm so excited about my next project, XYZ, or I'm so excited to explore more of XYZ or to get my hands on XYZ. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good one. Because I do have a few projects I'm excited about. <laughs> Great. Let me know your, let me feel your enthusiasm for it. Um, so the one is a dark fairy tale. It's about a girl, a cancer survivor, Zoe, who steals a comb, a Romani comb, and performs a ritual to regrow her hair. She gets beautiful hair, but she has to pay the price her mom's life. Okay, good. That's enough. Then just say this dark thriller looks at X, Y, Z. This dark thriller looks at mother-daughter relationships that can be, that are not smooth at times, but there is always that magical connection that goes through years. That's um, enough. That's mm -hmm. enough. Okay. That's okay. enough. That is great. So what shows are you watching? What do you love? I love, I mean, Chernobyl, I loved it because it hits of back course. home. My mom is a chemist, was a chemist at the factory with the same exact issue, so. <laughs> um, I really love Euphoria because 
I like stylized and highly cinematic look, and I like the issues that they explore in the in the TV series, the teenagers and um, LGBT. Uh, the last show, though, I watched was Why Women Kill, so I enjoyed that too. <laughs> I like a, a bit of a dark comedy. Okay, and uh, what in your port? What show that we have? Do you think you would be a good fit as an episodic director? So somehow I looked at HBO Max, but I don't think I looked at the right place, right? It's fine. It's fine. We're, this uh -huh. is just practice. So what show? So I would love to direct an episode of The Westworld or His Dark Materials. Great. Great. And then uh, why? What do you have to bring to the table for that? Uh, well, as, a, as I said, as an artist with the diverse background, I understand psychology of lots of different cultures and i would like to bring a unique vision or a voice of underrepresented okay that that tells me why you would like it doesn't tell me why you'd be good at it and what i'm looking for and all of you should know this if you're in uh, an interview to be an episodic director we want to know that you can follow the pattern of the show but somehow elevate it and your job is to be able to say that without saying your show sucks, so I'm going to make it better. Just say, you know, what I love about it is the way the camera moves. What I love about it is the, the way they light it. And um, from my shorts, I found a way to do X, Y, Z. So I'm thrilled to, to work with actors, to work with those wonderful actors. And I have a background in knowing how to do it. That's the kind of thing. Ah. <laughs> I was like, do I need to say that? <laughs> no, 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 because um, our time is up. Um, but you have a nice style. I love how you took that note and turned it so quickly. Um, and just, do you have a, any questions? For, like, just let's take 30 seconds or okay. a minute to answer any questions you what have. What are you looking for in a candidate? Someone that's going to make me look good. Someone that um, I think no, nobody is going to say that other than me. Just so you know. <laughs> um, somebody that I think can succeed. Somebody that I think is a leader. Somebody that I think is a leader, but also um, a team player. Somebody who knows how to present themselves well. Somebody who can walk on a set and take the leadership role. Someone who. Um, will get along with people, is easy to get along with, but still, especially as a woman, um, can hold her own. Um, those are the kinds of things in your interview that you wanna get across. I wanna find somebody that showrunners will go, yeah, I want that person on my show. Because I like them, because they're competent, more than competent, because they're excited about my material, because, I think that they're gonna be great at doing my show in the way I've written it, um, but but add to it. Thank you. Yeah, that's really helpful. Good. Okay. Well, well done. And um, Jen. Hello, hello, hello. I'm back. I'm telling you, I, I can't write enough. I really love two things I wanna point out to everybody. Um, one was the mention of wardrobe and background, because that's not something we had to really deal with before 2020. You would go into the room 
And now it's like, the, I, I don't normally sit here at my desk. I did this specifically for this show. Um, I think that's, we gotta really think about those things. Um, I also love that you were honest. You said, I want somebody who will make me look good. Cause let's face it, that's literally what everybody's looking for. Yep. Whenever, whenever we were choosing people for our initiatives, I didn't consciously think, oh, someone's going to make us look good. But the bottom line is that's really kind of the case. Like, are we going to be embarrassed if we send you in a room or are, or do we think people are going to love you? You know, so good right. stuff. This is great stuff. Um, everybody's making all the comments. Just everybody is, you know, Charlene, this is amazing. Soma, such great tips. Uh, and again, everybody love your questions. Keep them coming. We are going to get to them. But we have one more uh, interviewee. And I'm so glad that Ben decided to do this because Ben has been in probably all of the programs. So he's done this a lot. No pressure, Ben. Don't suck. Hi, Ben. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Ben. Let me ask you before we start, what did you do well to get in the programs, do you think? Uh, I think I leaned into my authenticity and sort of like this gray area of not knowing who I am, but also figuring out who I am. Like I, that is what I think separated me from all my previous applications up until like 2018, where I just started getting into stuff was I just was like, you know what, you know, I have no idea what the point of art and earth is, but let's, you know, be joyous while we figure it out. Yes, yes. Hold on one second, my <gasps> phone is ringing. Um, oh so hi, Ben, hi. welcome. I love your name, Benjamin Shalom Rodriguez. Uh, yes. I'm assuming that there's somebody Jewish in your family or in your life? Yes, it, Israeli. So I'm a queer Mexican Israeli American Jew. Yes, uh, I'm you on are. the free Palestine side. Oh, and wow. but I have Zionists in my family. So uh, the past few weeks have been fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Um, well, yeah. thanks for coming in. It's a pleasure Emma, to meet thank you. you I've heard for doing great this. things about you. Um, so why don't you tell me a little about yourself? Yeah, so um, I'm from uh, SoCal, Long Beach, Norwalk, Southgate is where I grew up. Uh, I lived in Miami once upon a time. I actually used to be on the development side of things. I was a development exec, and then uh, I had gone through a quarter-life crisis and moved <laughs> to Miami and was a talent manager for telenovela stars and like, you know, Univision hosts and Telemundo personalities. Um, but yeah, uh, I was always kind of like moonlighting, like still writing and directing on the side and like, I mean, stuff I would never do now, which is like, you know, guerrilla shoot, break into offices and just shoot stuff, you know, but now I know about insurance and liability and I'm like, oh, what were you thinking? <laughs> Um, so yeah, a few years ago, I just quit my exec job and just was like, I got to pursue this full time. And yeah, it's been going well. Just, um, I told you I did the Sundance Screenwriters Intensive. I've done NHMC. I've done the Ryan Murphy Half Program. Uh, got a development grant from Will and Jada Smith Family Foundation. And wow. now I'm sitting across from you virtually. Yes. Excited and excited to have you. Um, I was muted. Can you hear me? Yeah. Perfect. And, and my apologies, everybody. They're, they're working in my kitchen. And today, of course, is the day that the saws and the hammers are. So please forgive me. But I got to tell <laughs> you, in an interview, stuff like that may happen. 
Um, somebody will get phone calls, somebody will have to look down at their phone. If they do it too much, they're an asshole, but it might happen. So be prepared, don't be thrown off. Um, so uh, what do you think you got out of those programs? And what do you want to get out of this program? Yeah, so I think what I got out of those programs was a stronger sense of self and my voice and who I am. and. I think I think there's two paths basically. I think there's a path of like I want to make art that's sort of decolonizing a point of view and decolonizing kind of this like white supremacist entertainment we've been accustomed to and a point of view that's like I just want to make it in Hollywood and I think each program especially ones I didn't get into like at first it might have been hurtful but now I'm just like oh I feel like I know who I am now and it's like yeah, so I just feel like every program was just, um, you know, as much as it's a feather in my cap or like a notch in my studded belt, I uh, <laughs> also believe it's just like another way to hone my voice and figure out what I want from Hollywood and from this career. And what do you want from Hollywood in this career? Oh, I want a showrun, baby. <laughs> <laughs> showrun as a writer. Yeah, well, writer-director. I write and I direct, but I'm doing Black Magic Collective as a writer. As a writer. Okay, that is really yeah. good to know. Um, so yeah. you're here about my CBS Diversity Writers Mentoring Program. I have heard of it. I, I was in the C I did the CBS Diversity Showcase during right. the year where it imploded in 2017. Yeah, 18. that was... That was crazy oh it was awful <laughs> it was awful and you were in the middle of it it was um, racist and just really hard for the heart but i survived <laughs> there you are here you are um so let me ask you uh what shows are you watching in general oh okay so on the drama side the handmaid's tale euphoria succession mayor of east town like the way people watch rupaul's drag race i watch these dramas like i'm just screaming live tweeting live posting um on the comedy side i'm watching pen 15 search party i've seen like four times all the way through uh and the other two i think those are oh that's like hulu and hbo max and then Castlevania is like my guilty pleasure, Rick and Morty, Big Mouth on the animation side. And then uh, on the unscripted side, I love The Circle, which I think is the most awkwardly hilarious show I've ever seen. And We're Here, which is kind of like the very wholesome RuPaul's Drag Race, and Z-Way on Showtime. Okay, that's a hell of a lot of shows. What uh, What's your sweet spot and which of those do you think you would be good for as a writer on. Totally, I think um, the comedies for sure, especially because they do, a lot of them are like coming of age. Like I have the samples, I have the interest, and I feel like I can lend sort of that queer perspective to coming of age. Cause I think right now, you know, the mainstream is sort of like heteronormative protagonists. And so I think definitely any coming of age comedy I could be great on. Um, I also love soapy coming of age like Euphoria and have those samples to go with it. Um, but I think just stuff maybe more in the coming of age, YA, you know, uh, younger millennial or older Gen Zer for sure. So that's like the CW for the things that we 
have. I, I think it'd be more like HBO Max. I'm not. I mean, sure, you know, CW is like you'll take a job. You know, be a staff writer. I'd be like, great. <laughs> but I definitely tend to be a bit more edgier and nuanced than broadcast. Not that I would say no. I just, you know, I'm trying to be realistic about what I've learned from, you know, having so many broadcast meetings and, you know, I just don't want to disappoint. I, I, you're, 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 you're saving it, but I'm a broadcaster. And while we have HBS, CBS, I'm CBS network. So you just told me, you don't think you'd be good for my shows. So, oh, I'm so sorry. I think no. if you love queer and nuance, I think I could be great. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is Carol talking. Not, I'm just giving you notes. This is not the yeah, yeah, interviewer. Yeah. What I'm saying is, what you just said got you. It's like I interviewed a woman for the CBS show, CBS uh, uh, program, and I said, "So, what are you watching? What are you watching on CBS?" She said, "I don't watch CBS. I'm not your demographic." And I thought, mm. "Whoa." And you're not oh in the program either. So totally. read the room, know the context. If I'm CBS Network, um, then you say, I, and, and, and hopefully you're bringing more than just a queer perspective. I mean, I love your queer perspective, but hopefully you're bringing, you know, a unique uh, point of view on humor and characters. Because if you just label yourself as, you know, you're bringing the queer, then um, I go, well, I, I, I don't have any shows really that I know that's a match for, or there is a show, but it's staffed up already. So while yeah. that is certainly a thing to lead with, make sure you have other things also. Totally. Yeah. And you could say, I, I think I would be a good match for, it's going off the air, you know, for mom because of X, Y, Z. Um, yeah. But I also feel like on HBO Max, I I can bring that as well. And so cover yourself, you know what I mean? And don't yes. don't take yourself out of the running. And you didn't know right. that. You didn't know that it was CBS. So no harm, no foul. This is all practice. Um, yeah. No, but it's very helpful, especially um, like getting specific on the relationships. Like mom, like, oh, that's just like my relationship with my mother. Yeah, Bob yeah. Hart's Abishola, you know, my partner is foreign or I'm the foreign one to them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're exactly right. So we're going to want anecdotes from mm -hmm. your life. It's less in the uh, program interview, much more in the showrunner meeting interview. Um, yeah. And when you say, I wouldn't do 12, but I would say, you know, on mom, I feel a particular, uh, I, what I think I can bring to that room is that. Um, my mother's an alcoholic, I'm an alcoholic. Wow, you know. Uh, yeah. So be a little specific, a little personal. Um, and um, you'll be asked what's in your portfolio. Make that just the log line, don't go into lots of detail. Sure. And um, we'll ask if you have any questions, of course. And um, so our time's up with this, but let's take 30 seconds or a minute. Do you have questions, Ben, on what we just talked about? No, it's so helpful and 
clear. I feel empowered. Oh, good, good. You should. Look, you are charming and engaging, and that's half the battle. It really is. So people are going to like you immediately, which is great. Then it's just about the content, making sure, because you're going to be memorable. He's uh, or they are the person with the blue lips. You know, I'm going to remember <laughs> that. I'm going to remember Shalom Rodriguez for sure. Um, but you want to make sure that I know why, what you have to bring to a room. Great. Amazing. Cool. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for coming in. I told you he's fabulous. He's fabulous. I love him so much. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to, there's, there's so many things that I, I want to make a whole sort of short notes that we send out to all of our initiative people to be like, these are, it's, insane how many things I wrote down. Um, but I want to get to the questions. Uh, I'm going to start here at the top. Who's our first question up here? We had Rachel Handler. She's actually one of our um, all access and uh, all access disabled filmmakers. In a world where disability is still looked down on, should we disclose disability if we don't have to? Or in some interviews when it comes to diversity, is it looked at as an asset? Do you have thoughts? That, it, I have a lot of thoughts on that. <laughs> um, I wouldn't lead with it but I would mention it. And then as I said to Kashmir, make sure that I know that you can do the job and, or, and if you need accommodation that I know clearly what that is and that it seems manageable. So yes, you can talk about that in diversity programs, um, a disabled writer or uh, director is something that is of benefit because we want to give underrepresented people a chance. Um, but again, I wouldn't lead with it. I, it's just, it's part of who you are. And as long as you mention, I think it is great. And just reassure me that I can send you out and you can do the job. Well, also Rachel, I think because of the type of stuff you love to write, it's going to come up naturally in a way that um, is who you are and what you write and why it matters and not in a way that's like, hello, I'm disabled. So, Oh, and also I didn't realize that we're talking about writing. Um, that's a different than, than being a director in terms of what you need to be able to do. And all you need to do is let us know that, that, that you would be great in a room. Love it. Uh, we have another one from Tracy. Uh, Carol, would you would love to know more about what to communicate when asked about the tone of your work? Okay. And is this about writing or directing? Um, let's say it's about writing. Um, okay. And I, and I know it's such a big question because tone is, <laughs> it's like even when you niche down, it's like, what is tone? Yeah. So what do you think? Oh, I have a lot about that too. Um, be specific about the tone. You know, I'm a, um, I'm my sweet spot. You can always say my sweet spot. That doesn't mean that you don't do other things, but my sweet spot is dark comedy. It's coming of age dramedies. It's horror. It's um, horror with comedy. It's, um, it's, and then you use some examples of what it is. It's, um, uh, 
genre and say what genre it is. You know, it's, uh, I hope nobody's really thinking procedural, but if you're at CBS, it would be good if you had some procedural chops and you could say, you know, character driven drama, serialized character driven drama with, with some humor, with, with humor thrown in. That's kind of the specificity that I would go for and be able to give examples. And don't say you can do everything. Choose a lane. Choose a lane. Yeah. And if you have to change a lane for a different meeting, you can as long as you have samples to back it up. I love that. Uh, we have James. How might you advise answering the question, what are your weaknesses as a writer? Okay, good question, James. Uh, I'd never go, my weakness is, I'd say, <laughs> you know, what I lean, you know, okay, let me see how to say this, because I do know how to say this. Um, the things that I am working on and have made great progress in are structure. Um, I've taken classes, I've done this, I've worked with consultants, I've, um, uh, it's never, this is my weakness. It's, this is what I'm working on. This is what, this is the challenge that I love that I'm addressing. And then if you've already overcome one, you could say, I used to be X and I did this and now I'm that. Showing us that you can overcome whatever that is. But a challenge and working on and excited about, that's what I would say. That's a good way. I love that. Um, Andy has a question that kind of probably relates to a lot of people who are listening. Uh, if you're well qualified, is there a way to get in the front door to reach that diversity programs? Um, and here's the thing is like everybody wants to know how do I get that interview for that diversity program? And the first step is the application. So I think we might be talking about what is it in the application that might help people stand out? Sure. In for CBS and for all of them. It's the letter of interest. For my CBS program, I literally, by the end of today, I will have read 1,000 letters of interest. Oh my god! It is not an essay. It is not a job interview. It is another, if you're a writer, it's, it's a, another sample of your writing and take it that seriously. It, you start, put me in a scene, grab me emotionally, um, that has to do with something personal from your life, um, that, that makes me lean forward and definitely want to read more. Um, tell me how you became a writer. Tell me any obstacles you had. Don't make it so, if you are dealing with tremendous trauma, I would not lead with that unless you've had trauma and you feel like you've overcome it and you can just sort of say it in a, in a, in passing. Um, and what you have to bring to a room, what you're excited about, uh, a, a, let's say television, television writing career, what you want to see and what you feel you can bring to it. So it's an engaging piece of work. And just so you know, at CBS, Generally speaking, uh, the way that it works is that they look at your material and then at your letter of interest. So the first thing is your material has to be blazing hot. Assuming that your material is blazing hot, and if you're very experienced, then your material is probably blazing hot. Then it's that letter of interest that makes me feel like this is somebody 
who is going to contribute. This is somebody that has a fascinating story. This is somebody that has a work ethic that I would love without saying, I have a work ethic you would love. Um, and has an upbeat quality to, to the, and an energy in it. it and that's a sort of a hard thing to, to, to translate, but hopefully you'll be able to. And with blazing hot material and a letter of interest like that, you will get an interview. I love it. How important is it that people have, um, I don't know how CBS does it, but like most of the programs I've applied to all want, you know, that letter of recommendation and not everybody has a showrunner to give them that recommendation. Um, do you guys do the recommendations for your programs? No, I don't do it. And I'll tell you why that makes it elitist because if you're not in the business, you can't get that kind of letter of recommendation. And I think it's unfair. I mean, I'll get on my soapbox for 30 seconds. These are access programs for people that don't have access. If you know a showrunner, you're probably inside already. Doesn't matter, at CBS, we have a lot of people who are writer's assistants or showrunner's assistants. And it's not that that's a problem, but I personally, it's my pet peeve. I don't think that people should be asking for letters of rent. I understand why they're doing it because they can't, they can't provide for very green people. I love that you say that though, because I agree. Like I don't have any of those access letters, but I have more experience than most people who are picked for directing programs. Exactly. Uh, Christina, Christina Pardo says, when you ask someone to talk a little bit about themselves in the introductory portion, what kind of things do you want to hear to share about themselves? I know we've kind of talked about this, but it's such an important question. I'd love to right. sort of drive some points home. Sure. Um, I want to know what the, the answer to that is a chronological narrative of your life with you as the protagonist. It highlights your successes and what makes you memorable. And it, the narrative drive, as I said before, is where you started, what you may have had to overcome, where you are now, and where you want to go. What I'm looking for in that is that you're a storyteller, that you're engaging, that you have an interesting background, that you, um, am I going too fast? No, this, oh, is, this great. is being recorded. So yeah, probably, I'm so still taking good. notes. <laughs> okay. Um, and um, I want to know that, that you have a personality that's going to be a pleasure to be around. Do you know what I mean? I want to know that you have stories to tell um, with that. And, and I want to know something about you personally, but I also want to know about your career. I love it. I love it. Keep the questions coming. We actually about to end. Um, so if anybody has any burning questions, get them in now. Um, oh, sorry, Christine, not Christina. <laughs> I know that's a big pet peeve. Like I'm Jen with one end. Don't give me more. Uh, Andy, um, where do I send a letter of interest in materials? Can they be emailed? As far as um, pro most studios, Andy, are not going to take unsolicited materials. So you're going to have to go through management of some kind. Uh, Carol, I know you probably have more thoughts on that. Right. If you want a program, if you want to be in a program, you have to apply to the program. They don't, we don't accept, nobody accepts it outside of the application process. So you have to fill out an application and submit material. Um, 
And if you're trying to get a meeting with a current executive or development executive, that probably is through representation, unless your aunt is the president of the network, in which case, why the hell are you here if your aunt is the president of the network? I always say, why couldn't I have been born to like, you know, rich people or people who <laughs> were <Exactly>. legacies, <laughs> make my life easier. Um, okay, it is tw after 12, so I unfortunately have to end this, but this has been fantastic, Carol. Like your, the amount of information you've squeezed into an hour is unbelievable. I'm now gonna go try to transcribe my chicken scratch. <laughs> <laughs> it was my total pleasure. And I love meeting all three of you and um, I wish you all great luck.